Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I tragically did not choose to name myself Thor, and I'm Evan. I'm a balding bodybuilder, ironically named Samson, and I'm Ronnie. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're yeah. right. That was... That, I, don't, I don't think they did that on purpose, but if they did, it would have been a good bit. Yeah. As you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we cover television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering some old shit from the 90s, but before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? What's, What's the, the bit? bit, I love? I want everyone to think about a podcast thing that they're thankful for uh that they did this year a podcast thing yeah something you're thankful for related to podcasting good Mm, twist good uh, twist on the old bit that we've done approximately six times now yeah um can i not say that i'm thankful for you guys and the time we get to spend together when we record a podcast which is the main reason we record a podcast i mean that can be your that's a podcast where we we do have a podcast Related to podcasts, that's the thing that I'm most thankful for. The only reason I keep doing this podcast is because uh, I want to spend time with you guys. That makes it worth all my time. I love you very much. Love you too, Evan. It's very sweet. Aww. I um, like you uh, a healthy amount. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, spouse who I married. As, as, as my co-podcaster, I like you a healthy uh, platonic amount for yeah. podcasting. You uh, don't want to have a parasocial relationship with this podcast host. Yeah, it's a relief to know that you're maintaining boundaries in our relationship. Yeah. I mean, you are their ex-boyfriend, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because he's my husband. Now. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, for those who are new to the Yeah, podcast. for uh, anybody not paying attention. Yeah. First time listeners. Yeah. Um, we got some Kevin Conroy fanboys here. Who have yeah, never exactly. Listened to before. They don't want to watch this show, understandably, but they'll listen to us. Um, yeah, obviously. I'm just thankful for like the the podcast medium in general, and all of the like the friends that I have made through it along the way. Of course, my my illustrious co-hosts included, but like the whole community that I've been able to kind of form and also because uh i like doing creative and artistic things and i'm not that good at other creative and artistic things <laughs> so if podcasting didn't exist I don't, I don't know what i'd be up to uh learn how to be a blacksmith i could learn how to be a blacksmith or or yeah. I, I wanted to get i thought about getting into uh it's a glass making to like Ooh. Oh, like stained glass? Yeah, yeah. Stained glass or I even just a... like creating glass, like jewelry and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff mm. that I would like be into with that. I, I have a kiln that gets the correct temperature to fuse glass. If you wanted to make like cut glass pendant, if you wanted to just buy some sheets and experiment, you could come over to my house and use my kiln. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. That sounds like you're going to get podcasting I, run for its money. <laughs> I I think it's like, um, I think it's pretty straightforward. You just got to arrange it in like a pattern that you want, like lay the pieces of glass on top of each other mm-hmm. and then just put them in, you know, like I've got a manual that'll tell you the correct temperature and everything. So, sure. you know, you can, you can buy a glass specifically for that purpose on the internet and just like sort of 
cut it or break it using the necessary tools and then bring it to my house. I'm thankful for podcasting because if we were not on a podcast talking about what we're thankful for about podcasting, I would not have learned that Evan has a kiln that I can use to make glass stuff. So look yeah, at that. Yeah. Look at that. Andy, what are you thankful I, for about podcasting? Repodcasting. I, I am thankful that allegedly the heads of our former podcasting network embezzled all of the money and blew the network up. <laughs> and out of the ashes of Lunar Light Studio. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to like use a different... <laughs> felt like you were I trying to like it. use a, use a lunar, surname. Lunar... Moon... Moon shine studio. <laughs> uh, out of the ashes of the moon exploding, because the allegedly heads of the network allegedly stole everything and then claimed they gave it to charity uh, recently. Uh, I'm thankful that that happened because then we got to make our own cool network with just us. And I think all of our shows are really cool and rad. And I'm glad that we're in charge of it. And I'm glad that we don't have to go to really long meetings uh, <laughs> with people who we disagree with on trivial, pedantic shit. I was in Not so many throwing meetings. shade at anyone. I was on the board of that um, network for a quick for and a I'm glad minute. that we that can idea. keep in touch with the people we liked from there because they're quite a mm -hmm. quite a bunch of cool people there still. Uh, I mean, cool they're people. not there anymore because it doesn't exist. But yeah, we got to right. make some yes. cool friends mm -hmm. out of all of that nonsense. Awesome. Do we have to talk about the show now? We do we have to talk do. about the '90s show. The show from the '90s. Um, I'm going to give you guys a sense of what what nature of cultural impact this show had on the world. Normally, um, after we watch the shows, I look up episode summaries just to refresh <laughs> my memory on, like, the, the points, that, you know, because, like, we watch a clump at a time, and sometimes I'm like, wait, did that happen in episode two, or did it happen in episode three? So I use that as, like, a little, like, uh, some rails to keep myself on so I don't, like, go down plot holes or get distracted from like the actual core information um i couldn't find plot summaries for these episodes anywhere um even the youtube episodes like it, they're just uploaded to youtube and even the episodes uploaded to youtube don't have individual summaries of the episodes on them they just say oh rachel gun rn is a comedy is a sitcom about uh a sassy nurse or whatever and it's just like a general summary for the whole show concept so i had to like write out summaries by hand uh which it's not like i mind doing it i'm just illustrating to you guys that like nobody gives a shit about this show probably nobody remembers it and that's because it's not very good but uh not to give away the game or anything. Um, the show is called Rachel Gun RN. We have not actually mentioned that yeah. yet. Which is not a good name Nobody for cares, a show. Nobody cares, Ronnie. <laughs> not a good but name. But yeah, we're watching this because um uh Kevin Conroy uh unfortunately just passed away recently and we wanted to find a 
one season show that uh, this guy was in, and there was not a lot of uh, voice acting work that fit that criteria. Uh, also, like, just just as an aside, uh, the fellow who played Zach, who is the um, the Native American guy in the show, who's the butt of all the Native American jokes, uh, also passed away in twenty. Yeah, I did uh, find that too. Uh, yeah, I was googling to see if like the the guy they hired to play right. Native American was actually of Native American heritage. He does appear to be. Yes. Um, but. Uh, in looking for that information, I also unfortunately found the uh, you know information about him having passed away. Which so yeah. uh, this is tribute to um, Kevin Conroy and also um, Brian Brian Brightcloud. Brian Brightcloud, yeah. I have more to say right. about uh, a lot of the cast of this show later, but yes, that is. Oh, the okay. Vision. I'm glad you did more research than I did because that was my my only tidbit really. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Uh, Rachel Gunn, RN, is a sitcom about a sassy nurse, and it was released in 1993, and I clocked that to within one year. Uh, I was like, "This? when did this come out? My guess would be 1994, and I'm pretty sure it came out in 1993. Uh, so let no one say that I don't remember the, the cultural milieu of the 90s. Um in episode one, our titular Rachel is trying to rent out the other half of the duplex she owns and a doctor she works with uh, and doesn't particularly like asks to rent it because he's just gotten a divorce. But then a bodybuilder named Thor, who Rachel thinks is hot. Um, I don't quite get it, but uh, OK, sure, Rachel, like who you like. Um, he also, uh, like, comes into the hospital for some reason, and he's just mentions that he's looking for a place to live, and because she thinks he's hot, she just kind of reflexively offers her duplex to him, um, but she had already agreed to rent it to her co-worker doctor, and so she has to think of a way to get rid of him, um, and she does that by telling him about all of the old people who've died in her duplex. Uh, episode two, Rachel faints while she's doing a surgery and she has a perception of herself as being the, the toughest, most not like other girls nurse in the hospital. And so this experience kind of sends her into an existential crisis. She spends the episode, uh, like wondering if she's really a wuss and trying to think of like how to get her groove back and trying to come up with like gross things to do to convince herself that she's still tough, but she's also scared of being grossed out again and fainting again and humiliating herself. So, uh, the doctor she works with, uh, she, she and this doctor, uh, uh, decide that she has to expose herself to the eye room, which is like a storage room where they keep a bunch of eyeballs for, I, I assume th there's no real reason because it's a sitcom. It's just an eye room full of eyeballs, but I assume they're for like pathology and dissection and stuff. But anyway, uh, enduring the eye room convinces her that she's tough again. Um, episode three, the, the recurring nun character needs deviated septum surgery and the surgeon is an asshole to Rachel. So she like talks back to him about how much, uh, Valium to give the nurse uh, and she gets put on leave for refusing to apologize to contradicting him, apologize, refusing to apologize for contradicting him. And she continues to refuse to apologize even after 
he says that he'll ask the hospital to uh, take her off unpaid leave if she just apologizes. Uh, so she's she's out of work. Uh, people are placing bets on whether she'll cave or not to get her salary back. And ultimately, she apologizes, and everybody's surprised, but um, she has convinced the construction workers who've been, uh, like, grossly hitting on her to destroy the asshole surgeon guy's car as revenge. Uh, episode four, Rachel gets uh, two weeks of surprise paid time off for perfect attendance, which has never happened in human history, but <laughs> sure, sure, sitcom. Uh, and coincidentally, a patient comes in with a broken hip uh, just before she was about to take a vacation, and she can't go on vacation, and she can't get her deposit back, so Rachel offers to, like, buy the vacation off her at a discount since the patient can't go anymore, but Rachel's very, very frugal for reasons that actually seem perfectly reasonable to me, but it's it's funny because it's a comedy, and uh, she can't convince herself to pay even the discounted price for this very nice vacation. So she attends a support group for people with obsessive behaviors, and she ultimately proves to herself that she's not completely allergic to spending money by making a very small donation at the nun character's church. And this is, she has won. She has overcome her aversion to spending money by giving like a $5 donation at a church. And that's, and that's it. it. That's all that happens. Trust um, me. Trust me, listener, <laughs> that's all that happens. We watched four episodes of Rachel Gunn RN, and you know I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hi, Ronnie. These four episodes of Rachel Gunn RN, I believe they were on CBS at the time. Um, did they work for you? Not important. Not important. Definitely no, this important. is a, this is this is a very bad show. That's that's all I have to say. That's fair. That's a fair and 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 succinct representation of your feelings. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These four episodes of 1993's Rachel Gunn RN. Uh, did they work for you? No, the show's bad. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Did these four horrific episodes of Rachel Gunn RN. Mm. It's the title of the show. It felt like it should be one word. <laughs> Sorry, here, I'll I'll rewind. Rachel. But <laughs> Was that where you always intended to put the butts? Yep. Okay. Work. <laughs> well, you're supposed to go RN. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Butts RN. RN. <laughs> she needs her letters. She went to nursing school. Rachel Butts. She did. earned that shit. She did. She yeah, went to nursing school. Don't, don't okay. take it from her. Rachel Butts RN. Work for you. <laughs> that was. Oh gosh, I don't. I really wish there was like a scientific explanation for why that does that to me. Um, it was just the fact that you, <laughs> the first opportunity that Evan gave you to be like, okay, fine, I'll I'll rewind, and you just fired that butts right off. I love it. I love it. Um, sometimes I have these occasions where I can't tell if a show 
like in this moment after you have both uh, succinctly said no this show does not work i have these moments where it's like does this sh- do i think that i want to say that this show works to be different and because that's my whole shtick or do i like i, I am like unsure because now i have uh i think what i was planning to say when i came in is that this show works but i don't think that that is necessarily true what i will say is i am incredibly charmed by this show and not really? all of it like, a lot of it is, is i was gonna is dog say shit. I, like there's a lot that i will not i will not uh stand to to uh to attest for um but there are a lot of elements of this show that I find very uh, charming and very, uh, I would say, enjoyable. Okay. It's my opinion, Evan. I don't, I don't like. I don't, sure. I don't know if I like the tone. Look, you're entitled to your <laughs> your opinion that you have. Sincerely, I, I assume. <laughs> I think I do. I think I am charmed by it. I, 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 I do not think that the show is working. I do not think that this is a good show. Um, even thinking about it in terms of like these uh, multicam sitcoms of the early 90s. I don't I don't think this is like of its, uh, you know, good by uh, the standard that it was set. But yeah, it's it's I'll get I'll jump right in. It just feels like the most 90s ass shit. Like, it feels like this is a show that was made today based on 90s TV. Like, it feels like a bit, like, it feels like a satire. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why I clocked it so easily. I was like, 1993, maybe. This this, this screams 1993 in every fiber of its being. Um, The opening uh, scene of episode one is... There is a nurse with big breasts and short skirt and uh, all of the doctors are very into her and all of the uh, lady nurses are decidedly not into her. And it's a it's a big jealousy and it's a big, hey, I've been I've been working here doing this and you got to cover up. And it's just like. I understand that, like the satire or like the stereotype of that exists because that was very much like a trope of the nineties, but it feels so, so in like insistently tropey that it's like, this is not real. Like this can't be like what writers actually sat down and like scripted out. These are writers making fun of writers from 1993. They're not though. I know. I understand that. These are writers in 1993 sincerely attempting to appeal to the the television watching public, yeah. If it was a parody of a of a sitcom made in nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety three, I would give it an A plus. I would think it was the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. Um, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not a satire. Requires a clarity of purpose and intent, lest no. it contribute to what it is satirizing. Yeah, and this, this certainly this, contributes this that, to what it is satirizing. Not, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't promise that I will not continue watching it through the eyes of a show created in 2022 I about mean, 1993. I but you, I think all of our viewing experiences would be enhanced by viewing it that way. Yeah. But I, I don't think I can quite bring myself to do that because I fair. know that it's not true. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> um, did anything? Did anything about this 
work or well, I guess I guess some things about it work for Ronnie. Besides yeah. besides the fact that it's like uh reading as parody, like was anything else about it work? I do think quite a few of the actors are doing like a great job. Mm-hmm. With like what they're given. Like Kevin Conroy as this pompous like asshole doctor is great. Unrecognizable, I would say. Like based based on his his body of work. Like a real shows a range for Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I mean I think he's doing fine. I think the main character is doing I think like the the woman who plays Rachel Gunn is like she's fun to watch, mm-hmm. I will say. I, I don't like I don't think there's much there from the script for her. Like it's but like she she's doing she's doing a perfectly all right job like being snappy and like trying to bring some charisma to it. Not a typical female lead either no uh for the 90s i think this was like okay i guess that's fair in that like this type of character was extremely popular in the 90s it's just typically not the main character yeah i i I, like think about the scenes where um rachel gunn uh megan mullally's character who is in this and and you know has a prolific sitcom career now um, the nurse and the and the dietitian all sit around her table. It feels very like Golden Girls to me, which I find charming. And it's not like a show about aging, and it's not a show about like you know getting on in years and what that means for us girls. Like it, it is just like a good like like. And again, this is this is within the standard of 1993. A pretty diverse cast, like like it it, it was, was probably seen that, as like yeah. incredibly woke for the time. Yeah, the cast is diverse. That is undercut somewhat by yes. the like insensitive jokes they yeah. keep making. Yeah. Uh, and like we'll get, we'll get into that. There are some jokes that I feel like are in very bad taste. I yeah. I assume for the time they were not intended to be malicious. Right. Um. But yeah, they don't. They haven't aged well. Yeah. I, I do want to say, in light of the, like, really insensitive slash racist jokes that are, like, thrown at certain characters, the the three characters that, right off the gate, that I think of, um, who are people of color, there's uh, the Native American nurse, and then there's the... Uh, black orderly and mm-hmm. the the black nun all three of them are like not playing stereotypical roles that like if you're familiar with like 90s typecasting like i i, I find that interesting that like this this native american nurse is like not doing pop culture Native American kind of tropey shit. He gets he gets tropey jokes thrown at him, which all, isn't great, but like he's just a nurse. All of his dialogue I feel like is pretty tropey. Like he makes a lot of like self-deprecating jokes, making oh. fun of like tribe names and like with the buffalo rugs and stuff. He's like my wife's weaving rugs again and he 
brings in these like very childish looking rugs with buffalo on them. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel good to me. Zach does feel a bit like a caricature. Um I, I yeah. like which is like he has long braids and some kind of like a Native American um you know yeah, necklace got, of some like kind. A medicine medicine pouch around his neck. Which, which like, I don't I even don't... know is a He's kind of a nice himbo, though. He's not playing, like, a noble, savage-type character, or he's not, like, overly angry, which are, like, the two Native American tropes I feel like you would have most commonly seen in the 90s. And don't get me wrong, I do completely agree with both of you that, like, a lot of his dialogue is rough and and stuff like that. But, like, he's not a casino owner, you know? Like, he's a nurse, and he's good at his job. And he's like this lovable himbo. And I don't know. I like, I feel like the, any, any, um, like anything progressive about the way his character was written, it feels to me like was more necessitated by the setting than by any deliberate attempt to like break stereotypes. They had already decided like, oh, hey, we're going to have a, a sitcom set in a hospital and the main character is going to be a nurse. What other cast members can we fill out this zany cast with? And they were like, ah, well, we can't have our Native American character walking around a hospital shirtless if he's going to be a recurring character. Like, I guess he has to wear scrubs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he could have just been a white nurse. uh, Yeah, I understand. But like, I feel like they wanted him in there so that they could make the Native American jokes and like the the fact that they had to the fact that they wanted him to be a recurring character so they could make the the Native American jokes all the time just kind of necessitated him uh like being a nurse and being otherwise like fairly ordinary. The Native American jokes are uncomfortable and bad. And like I, I, I do not yeah. disagree with you, Evan. Like that that is definitely like a like uh, they're like I am glad that they did not like hire Brian Brightcloud and then say like now don't be native. Like be 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 just like what we would insert as a white nurse here. Like, I'm glad that like they did uh, like give representation to the fact that he is native American. This show is set in Nebraska. So it's kind of like Midwest. Like, um, you know, there, there's some, some, some reason there to be like, Oh yes. Like this, this like hospital is probably close to some, some like native reserves and tribes and things like that. And so like, it, it makes sense within the the world, but um, I don't like the, the jokes are not, clever they're just they're they're pretty cheap and low-hanging yeah um i i respect your more charitable interpretation andy like it is possible that they were really trying their best to like positively represent a native american character my read on the situation is more cynical Uh, like my read is that like they were they wanted to be able to like cram in a bunch of these zingers about like the word kickapoo and stuff and so they were like, oh, how can we get a, a Native American character in here? Oh, I guess we can't, uh, like, I guess we can't do stereotypes because he has to be a nurse. Okay. I credit the good stuff that I'm seeing from the actor's portrayal and not from any creative decisions from the showrunners. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. All of the, like, jokes and, like, dialogue that's shitty is coming from the people in charge of this show but then brian brightcloud choosing to play this character as this really like 
chill, laid back, like kind of silly, but like very lovable, mm-hmm. like friendly guy is who also gets like nervous poops. I, who, who also yeah. gets nervous poops, which just like is is again like I, I agree with you, Andy. Like fights against that stereotype. Like there, it, that that is a thing that exists. As a character uh, trait, not necessarily like, oh, well, he's native, so he has this thing. Uh, I just think he's, like, doing a great job with, like, the garbage they're giving him. And that he is creating a performance that goes against the typical uh, stereotypes that would have been very common for indigenous characters in the 90s. And that, like, are clearly, like the show just keeps trying to cram in as many like shitty jokes as possible. And Uh, he's like letting them bounce off of him to, to the same point. Um, while that like, you cannot overlook the like shitty jokes and the shitty, just kind of like low hanging fruit that they are writing for, uh, Zach and the characters interacting with Zach. The, um, the other two characters you mentioned, um, uh dane the orderly and sister joan um there's no like the the thing that and this is not better but the thing that is like jokey worth joking about sister joan is that she's overweight um mm-hmm. and the thing that is uh the joke that is with orderly dane is that he's uh a meathead he's he's like a bodybuilder and kind of uh not like the brightest i don't even know if they if they they comment on his intelligence he's just he's just very very uh large and and imposing and that's kind of what they play on and like i appreciate that that's i mean maybe this is 93 and like we were hopefully past we i I, what am i saying we were certainly not past that as like a, a television writing uh crutch but their race being black is not really like the the joke of of their character or like the stereotype of their character. Yeah. I mean, they don't make a lot of directly racist jokes about the black cast. Um, I do think like the, the, all of the jokes about uh, like the nun characters size yeah. are like, uh, yeah. they're, they're like, they're definitely linked into racism in an indirect way. Right. And I think you could argue that like, the the joke about the uh the black orderly being huge and buff is right. also like not again not directly but sure. like linked into right i think they subconsciously made those choices because the you know they had yeah. some they had some preconceived notions about yep. how black people are yep unconscious bias is certainly at play um mm-hmm. and they it they they just go into the weight thing the overweight thing there is also a uh, dietitian on the show named Jeanette who is uh, a, a larger woman and they like they just have like two like lots of lots of uh reasons to point out people's weight uh Kevin Conroy as the doctor like will talk about nurses he doesn't like because they're uh overweight and like that that feels like the grosser part to me the sexism of the show is like kind of addressed yeah. a little bit but like like, or it's kind of like put, uh, you know, 
putting on my 1993 hat, it's kind of like combated by the fact that we've got sassy Rachel Gunn. And it's like, she's, she's the top broad of this hospital, but she's still a broad. Like I very much feel like mm. it's still, it's still, uh, it, it doesn't really make up for all of the, the sexism and chauvinism that this show has to offer. Uh, to that point, I can't help but compare this show to like scrubs. Sure. Uh, which came out probably a good, uh, 10 to 15 years after this. And uh, Rachel Gunn, RN, has gay jokes that are not homophobic, and Scrubs does not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, they made... So, so Rachel Gunn, RN, uh, more progressive than Scrubs? Uh, they, <laughs> they made one gay joke, and it was, like, very, like, bland. It was, like... It wasn't funny, but it also wasn't offensive. There was it was something to the effect of like so and so is happier than a baton twirler at a gay pride parade or something like that, and like okay, sure, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it was not an offensive joke. Um, and there are there are certainly jokes in there that are not offensive, but like the show really seems to lean on the the weight stuff. Like the fat jokes are really really liberally uh like layered in there every episode there's at least a couple of jokes about somebody well, being fat every every character has their like two to three jokes that they get like made about them or that they get to make and the fact that like one of the principal cast is uh, a bigger woman and she's only going to get fat jokes is like a real drag. That means they're going to be like three fat jokes every episode just because she's in the cast. And like the fact that Brian Brightcloud is there means that there's going to be two or three like shitty Native American jokes every episode. And like Kevin Conroy is always going to say something like to the effect that he's like sexist or that he only cares about, like, the hospital making money, or that, like, doctors are all, like, insensitive and don't care about patients. Like, those are his three jokes that he gets every episode. So. Yeah, he gets uh, a lot a lot of a lot of women jokes, and tied into that is the fact that his character just got divorced, so he makes a couple mm -hmm. of remarks about, like, his ex-wife being a harpy or something yeah. like that so like my bitch of an ex-wife yeah, yeah yeah i do um, I, I really like outside of episode one is kind of very clunky and you know it, it's it's a typical pilot but it's also like extremely a pilot um and also like feels very um pandering because the beginning is all about uh, very busty uh, nurses in tiny nurses costumes. And then the end is all about uh, extremely uh, buff, sh very small clothed bodybuilder men, um, mm -hmm. both of which were like the the premiere of of um, uh, idealized bodies at the time. I feel like it maybe it does the objectification thing both ways, um, but it's as an episode, it's just very clunky. Um, from that point on, outside of the jokes about uh, Sister Joan being fat and Zach being Native American, these jokes land. I had quite a few chuckles from from this show. I enjoyed 
the the laugh lines. Every anytime Kevin Conroy is like, there's a line where um, he's like, "Oh, we have a you know an appendectomy or whatever it is," and and the the uh, patient is like, "Oh, is that good?" Kevin Conroy's like, "Yeah, that's one of the surgeries I know how to do." And it's just like whenever Kevin Conroy is talking about how he's kind of an ineffectual doctor, like I think that's good. I think that's fun. Like that that is that is what like. I feel like I wanted out of Scrubs, but Scrubs like took itself a little too seriously at times. Um, and Kevin Conroy's delivery is just like very good. Um, and so there, while every character does have their like thing of like, you know, Sister Joan is fat, but also Sister Joan is kind of like a nun that is just kind of doing that because that's what she's doing right now. She doesn't really have a, a, a ton of like, care and she does this thing where she goes over bible verses with uh with rachel gunn about what she should do and all of the bible verses contradict each other as the bible is wont to do uh and she's like yeah these aren't some of our best and it's like that's 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 just that's fun that's like workplace comedy when when this place when this show is workplace comedy is when it succeeds the most and when it's like stereotypical uh jokes about people's uh weight and race is when it fails uh, uh, surprisingly uh i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i laughed once that's fair I, like i think the i i remember i remember kind of going like w like one time and it was uh when um the nun character is about to have surgery and she said like something like, oh, the Lord's looking out for me. And then they say like, oh, your, your surgeon's sick today. And he's like, he's testing me. <laughs> um, and I, I laughed at that partly because it reminded me of the community meme. I'm sure. not saying like it was a bad line on its own, but that one like stuck out to me. And I, I blew some extra air out my nose when she said that. Yeah. There were a couple of blow extra air out my nose lines but i wouldn't go so far as to say there were any laugh lines for me um yeah i just i i i, I enjoyed a lot of I mean, you have like some like terrific i would say comedic like certainly megan mullally is uh i mentioned her she she goes on to be on parks and rec and more famously will and grace and like is just a tremendous comedian like one of one of the premier character actresses in tv um after this and so like the lines that she gets to deliver are good i think she's a little underutilized but uh very fun um uh, ryan Brightcloud for what they are giving him when he doesn't have like a uh stereotypical line like his delivery is very good and dry and, and i'm very into it um I, I just think that like 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 Andy said, the character is doing a good job with like not a great script. And sometimes that accomplishes the job. Sometimes that does what it needs to do. I don't know if this is true, but when they were casting the bodybuilders, it felt like men who are not attracted to men cast those bodybuilders. Um, maybe the 90s was just fully a different time because like beauty is very subjective and beauty standards change over time. So like maybe 1993, like those dudes were really considered like the most attractive dudes you could get on a, a sitcom pilot budget. But, um, I don't know. Those guys were all very buff and like, otherwise like had nothing about them. Like that 
I would consider attractive. Um, no like, charisma either. It is not enough to be buff. Like you gotta, you gotta have an interesting face. You gotta. None of them even had conventionally attractive faces, to be honest with you. Like they were all like pretty, uh, like regular looking dudes yeah. who just happened to be very muscular. And like the big, like the whole thing, the whole thing about the episode was that like every woman who saw them was just like swooning over them, just losing their mind horny for these bodybuilder dudes. And I was just like, it, it really seems like the, the casting people were men who were just like, what do women like? Buff? Women like big muscle? So find some big muscle dudes, find muscular men. That's it. You can't separate the fact that like so much of what men who are in charge of these things see is like what women want is what men like idealize about like what they want themselves to be. And like that mm -hmm. is like well, well trod in both like comics territory and and in in lots of media where like wow look at these men like we women get eye candy too these men are so large and and women and and uh people who like men are kind of unanimously like no that's not really what we're into and then guys yeah. kind of lose their we shit because they're like but Hugh what Jackman, else could you want we want hugh jackman to wear a sweater actually <laughs> yes yes um and so i think that the 90s were very much a time where like maybe we we were all bought into the idea of what men thought other men should look like as being the attractive archetype um because men just rule continue to rule the world but like there was no no room for a voice other than a an executive man and that just kind of trickles down to like well i guess if this is what we're supposed to like then we just we just should like it because that's what the the people up top say we should like i will say I get it. I, I maybe maybe that is the who knows. Who knows? I like a big, I like a big I like a Travis Willingham. I like a big muscle but but but, but I will cut myself off. Travis sure. Willingham has a ton of charm and a ton of charisma and a ton of like Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm not yeah. saying like people don't like buff men. People do like buff men. Like yeah. muscular men are attractive, but that can't be the only thing about them. Right. Like you can't have a guy with the worst haircut you've ever seen uh who like doesn't moisturize right and like dresses like shit and is buff and like that like that's not that's not enough you can't have you can't have like an otherwise unappealing man who happens to be buff uh that doesn't rate that doesn't raise the the attractiveness threshold that he's got we do see fabio like two episodes later come in as a as a uh a guest star or like a cameo appearance and like was that in one of these four or is that a future one that's in one of these four he he is the uh construction worker he carries in uh rachel but right before she apologizes to the uh fat phobic oh, doctor okay yeah um and like i guess i've never understood fabio either <laughs> except for that he's like so european fabio Part, part of the deal with Fabio is that he was, he, he became famous because he was a, like, figure model for romance right. covers. Right, Like, he, he, like, and what really added to his thing was, one, the, like, long, luscious hair that mm -hmm. he has, which is, like, he takes really good care of his hair. It's really good-looking hair. Um, and, like, he, he portrayed many 
hot male characters that were like slightly altered by the like artists rendering mm-hmm. him for the uh, romance novel covers. So like there's a slightly different flavor flavor of Fabio out there for everyone. It's like yeah. the sex symbol status got attached to the man after he became famous as like a romance novel right. cover model. And, and that so he... also like sort of portrayed to women like I don't know, kind of a like a softer vibe for this dude because like they associated him with right. romance novels which, and they associated you know, him with like whatever the character was in their favorite romance novel um, yeah, yeah so exactly. yeah that makes sense that makes sense i'm also not saying fabio is an unattractive dude i think a large part of that is like i said the guy takes care of himself sure you know sure. like he's got the long nice hair that he conditions and like he keeps his skin nice and like he's got kind of an unconventional face but yeah Fair, 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 fair. I want to talk about the four like primary leads of this show, which are Christine Ebersol, Kevin Conroy, Megan Mullally, and Brian Wrightcloud. Megan Mullally, as we talked about, like goes on to have I mean, she up until this point certainly also did um, have like an illustrious career as like a sitcom star, but then becomes one of the most recognizable sitcom stars like in television history. Um, Christine Ebersol like had been in movies and TV up to this point, but was like very. She was like, I mean, I, I shouldn't say like was unknown for TV. She was like a, a SNL cast member for a little bit, um, and but she was also a prolific Broadway actress. Um, has two Tony Awards. Um, original cast of several shows. Like, is is. And continues to work in Broadway. Kevin Conroy, obviously, like, I don't know if he has a live action role after this. And this is happening, like, as Batman the Animated Series is really, like, kicking off, like, this show. And so don't I don't know what came first or what his, like, aim was. But, like, um, you know, obviously his career took a very divergent path from from uh, some of his live action stars. And then Brian Brightcloud. What what I'm getting at is just like the this has nothing to do with the show really or what makes the show good. It's just like how eclectic this cast is based on what they are doing now or or what they were doing before before their their passing. Brian Brightcloud, I found an article at this time. As this show was premiering, he was like touring elementary schools to like dispel myths and like the stereotypes of native americans like he was going up and down southern california and like taking like parts of his his culture and his um history to middle schools elementary schools to like give assemblies on like you know this is what native americans really are and like this hollywood bs is not anything um which is just it was very interesting to me to have that juxtaposed against Zach and the jokes that were like kind of lobbed his way where like that. It, 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 I guess that is why it even makes it even more uncomfortable because I don't I, I, I mean, you know, anyone who is looking for a job in Hollywood kind of has to put up with a certain amount of this shit, unfortunately, but it it made it feel even more uncomfortable for me knowing like his his like activism um, was like happening uh, parallel to what was happening here. 
And then after, not, I, I don't know what, you know, if he did that for a long time, but like the most recent videos that I could find of Brian Brightcloud were like, and like, this is something that is, is, is a very complicated thing. He was like preaching about Jesus and the Bible and like, um, uh, what do you call it? Contextual ministry, contextual uh, missions of like, you know, getting people in tribes and getting Native Americans to understand the the word of of the Bible, but also like underscoring the fact that like and the church has done a, a, a huge amount to hurt Native communities uh, since they met Native communities. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was just such a, it just seemed like such a complicated, like very complex and, and not something that I feel like I can really like speak into, but it was just like a, a real, um, journey that started here on Rachel Gunn RN. Um, mm -hmm. so like, just, just like, I guess any show in the nineties, any show this long ago, you will find folks that like had very divergent career paths and did very different things. But this one, like with those four main leads, just having like wildly different um, paths before them from, from what this show was trying to present just felt like very interesting to me and worth, uh, wor worth keying in on. Yeah. I, I noticed um, I didn't go as deep into his, uh, uh, the rest of his career as you did ronnie but i noticed he was only in like three things yeah and it does make me wonder if that's like why he got out of acting like yeah. there's a possibility that like he he was just finding like the the native american stereotypes too distasteful there's a possibility that he was not getting hired sure. for like discriminatory reasons uh i mean there's also a possibility that he just decided uh for many uh unquantifiable reasons that it just wasn't for him but um yeah it was uh it is very it is very interesting looking at like what he's done with his life also um unfortunately the reason i found out that he had died recently was because a few years ago there was a gofundme for his medical bills and then it, just this year in 2022 there was a gofundme for his funeral expenses yeah, yeah. so it seems clear to me that he um like was not financially well off certainly at the end of his life mm -hmm. uh which is a real bummer it was it was just a it was a real downer to to have to learn that information that way mm -hmm. yeah I, I i you know i as we talked about having kind of like a a reverence for kevin conroy and, and him being the impetus behind doing this uh questionable show uh you know it's definitely worth digging in a little bit deeper on on brian bright cloud and and you know what what his journey has to say about like the the rigorous gears of hollywood for even as it extends to this 13 episode um uh, questionable show uh to that point and speaking about kevin conroy i can't help but think about the autobiographical story he wrote about for dc's pride issue this year mm -hmm. which um it's it's so sad that we very recently lost Kevin, but I am grateful that he wrote this before his passing because it, it puts uh, so much into perspective. But um, when he was first offered the role of Batman, he 
he didn't think he could like connect to the character. He didn't know much about the character of Batman, but uh, he, you know, through reading uh, a bit for it, he was like, I don't know if I can connect to like this character's darkness. Mm. And um, it was then him kind of connecting his own, uh, like being in the closet and his own internalized uh, homophobia and the homophobia that he kept experiencing on the sets of live action shows and the struggle he was having with getting work as a live action actor because of the rumors that he was gay and um, being called a faggot on set by directors and crew uh, that he was like, all right, I can connect to Batman's like drive and anger and frustration now. And he was able to like, fuel his performance through that um and it ended up being like this really healing thing for him i would encourage you if you haven't read finding batman to uh find it and read it it's really good shit uh but with knowing the sort of stuff he was dealing with on the sets of shows especially towards the end of his live action career and this coming at the tail end of his live action career yeah i can't help but wonder uh the sort of shit that he was dealing with behind the scenes mm-hmm. um especially with this character being like a womanizer and like a bit of a chauvinist i can imagine that that would have been fuel for people who thought he was gay to then crack jokes about him in a shitty way yeah uh so that is like an added layer of like discomfort while watching this that like was running through my head of like oh god like i don't like he didn't name the shows but i like i can't help but wonder if this is one of the ones where he was like sure just being tortured uh when the cameras weren't rolling and i think the thing about a lot of these shows is is uh, a lot of the same people are probably working on him. And so, like, you know, mm-hmm. even if this was not the show, he's certainly having to go in to work at his at his workplace with a lot of people who have, uh, you know, been that uh, cudgel against him for, for years and years. Or at least representing those. But, yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Go read Finding Batman. It's great, though. Uh, it will make you cry. In a different vine, um, it feels very 90s and I guess just very not 2020, the the decade of our Lord 2020, um, that when Rachel Gunn wants to like get make a lot of money really fast um, and she finds an ad in the New York Times to make money really fast, um, it's actual like jobs, like part time jobs and not like a, a, a devilish crypto scheme. Um just feels like those days are gone. It's all crypto. It's all crypto, baby. You want to get get rich fast? It's crypto. The MLM for for tech bros. Go sell some crypto. All of that having been said, I think uh, you are both right for <laughs> not not enjoying this this program. Um, but for me. I, I, I there's just a lot that I was able to find quite charming and hopefully as as it 
you know, moves along and the cast has a bit more, you know, camaraderie with each other, then that will improve. Uh, but like we've just said, like some of these things are not going to get better because it seems like some of the people who were working on them were not in the best environment writ large, maybe not on this show, but like writ large. And that's that's upsetting and depressing and probably tinges a lot of the shows of of this era. Which is why it's a lot better if you just look at it from the perspective of like, hey, this is a documentary. This is this is this is a mockumentary of what shows were like in the nineties. It it is a time capsule. Yeah, for sure. Which which yes, uh, that is part of what I was thinking. That is maybe what I am pulling away, like with with some charm, with some, um, you know, some nostalgia of like sitting up and watching Nick at night and seeing a show just like this and not understanding anything about it, but like. There's a laugh track, so like I know when I'm supposed to laugh, um, and yeah, feeling feeling a lot of uh, nostalgia and a lot of lot of uh, you know warm fuzzies for that, juxtaposed with the things that are like, hey, no, like there's there's so much happening here, and there was so much happening in the shows that you watched as a as a youth on the Nick at Nights and the TV lands that had this same bad bad framework to it that you should you should confront and you should you know understand that as you wax eloquent about it so we will watch five episodes next time uh for the next episode uh it's 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 so unfortunate that this is the show that has been maybe our e most easily accessible show for audience for our audience to like follow along with because it's just on youtube and to evan's point at the beginning about there not being any uh show synopsis no one cares about this show even cbs doesn't care about this show enough to give a content strike to whoever has posted all of these on youtube um but if you want to like get understand what we're saying and, and get a get a taste of it for yourself uh it's super duper accessible on on the youtubes and uh, you can follow along with us we are going through a bit of a social media transition right now with the death of Twitter, as many, uh, many other personalities are many brands. Um, the best way you can keep in touch with us right now is, um, actually just heading over to Patreon, patreon.com slash WTM radio. And, um, you can, you can follow, follow us. us without giving us any money. Yeah, yes. You, you don't have to give us money on Patreon. You can, if you want to, we'd be happy right. about it, but you don't have to, you can still see our posts. I'm going to be I'm going to be going uh, doing a lot more uh, just posting on Patreon as a social media platform with, uh, you know, some updates and, and some small content that is free for anyone who's on our page. Uh, so uh, even if you do not want to give us your monies, totally understand that. But you can follow us there and that are probably the best place to get info. Um, as always, we are at where they may dot com, as are all of our shows I'm trying to figure out how to make that more of like a a repository for, for news and updates. Um, and, uh, Instagram, our Instagram, we are currently at ending pending. That is going to be, uh, making a bit of a change to be a, where they may account. Um, so that fan fiction is good actually. And force friends rewatch and good neighbors all, uh, will have stuff to post up there. So those are the best ways to follow us. Uh, we're, we're, we're bridging away from the individual account kind of situation. 
um we'll still be on twitter we'll still be posting things on twitter so like as long as that's uh you know not a a firing dumpster a fiery dumpster of of uh terror and hatred and bigotry we'll still be there um we're gonna try and get some new merch pretty soon there's been a lot of people clamoring for some good neighbors merch based on just like three episodes of season two so that's great i'm really glad that they are creating a real marketable product over there uh big big time capitalism fans of of good neighbors love it um (laughs) clearly our most anti-capitalist show uh it's going to make us the most monies uh on on the t-shirt sites so thank you for that commerce Uh, is not commerce is not capitalism that's Uh, fair not the same thing that's fair that's fair um also from from ronnie um am i giving you uh drunk andy pendy yet not yet that is definitely coming am i giving you uh the musical theater uh jukebox musical uh podcast that i've been promising for all going on a year now no that is still in the works am i giving you a semi-regular taylor swift podcast uh, exclusively available on patreon you bet your sweet ass i am go check also, it out ronnie is Ronnie has already agreed to talk about Swifties on my podcast. Yes. So, yes. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, Force Friends Rewatch be coming out uh, end of this week. New episode starting the the Obi-Wan Kenobi arc of, uh, of Force Friends. Um, very excited yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. We're in um, our slut era. Yeah. And uh, and good neighbors. Good neighbors will be will be uh, wrapping up their arc uh, probably on the same day that this comes out. Uh, and then an interlude, first interlude coming up of season two. So like lots of lots of cool and great things happening over on the Where They May radio network. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe once you after you follow for not wanting to give any money to the Patreon, you stick around and just give some of the monies because cool things are happening. Good and cool yeah, and, and great stuff. That. If that's a thing that you can and want to do. Exactly. Do exactly. Um I mean, we're giving you links to free TV shows like Rachel Gun RN. It's the least you can do is kick us a dollar. Um, that, that, that is a service that is worth getting getting paid right. for. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Definitely worth a dollar. Content. Yeah. Any anything else we want to anything else we want to plug? Um, I'm going to be on Octo Radio with Alden Diaz uh, sometime this week, theoretically. So keep your eyes out for that. It's going to be a banger. Love that. Excellent. All right. Bye. 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 Where they may radio.